Hello, I'm Peter Smith, and this is the Bad Buying Podcast, Episode 1. I'm Peter Smith, and I've worked in buying, procurement, and purchasing for more than 30 years. Uh, it's interesting, actually. Well, I think up to about 20 years, it's a good thing to boast about how long you've been doing something. And then beyond about 20 years, it just starts sounding like you're really old. But anyway, I've been doing this for a long time. I started my career with Mars Confectionery, buying the ingredients for Mars bars and Twix bars, and then was a procurement director in uh, the public sector in the UK and a big financial services firm. I've been a consultant, a lecturer, a writer. I ran a website for many years and, and so on. So I've, I've been in the buying world for many years. And now my, my latest book, which is called Bad Buying, how organizations waste billions through failures, frauds, and F-ups uh, is being published by Penguin Business in October 2020, I'm delighted to say. So why did I want to write this book in the first place? It's really that I think for many years we, we've struggled in the, the buying, the procurement profession to get the message across about how important this is. So the Open Contracting Partnership and Spend Network published a report recently that calculated that governments around the world spend $13 trillion a year with external suppliers of goods and services. It's an incredible amount. And I reckon the public, the, sorry, the private sector spends several times that amount. It's probably 40 trillion in the private sector. So this is a really important area. And yet in most organizations, public or private, uh, other topics, sales, marketing, finance, policy, get far more debate at board level than actually where the money is going. There was a report uh, a few years ago from the consulting firm Proxima that looked in detail at the annual reports of, of hundreds of different companies. And they reckoned that 69% on average of companies' revenues went out of the door as, as procurement expenditure, money spent with, uh, with suppliers of goods and services. Far more than was spent on staff internally. And yet, as I say, it just doesn't seem to get the attention it should. So I wanted to write a book that really would uh, appeal to anybody in business or civil servants, public sector employees, or indeed anybody who's interested in how governments spend our money. So it was no good writing another, another buying textbook. I've written a couple of books before that were aimed very much at the, the professional buying community. Uh, but they wouldn't be interesting to to the, uh, the the business person in the street, let's say. And it struck me one day that everybody likes to read about things going wrong. We learn from our mistakes, that's what everybody says. And let's face it, reading about some interesting fraud or major cock-up on a big IT project is a lot more interesting than, than reading a case study of, uh, of how brilliant 
a particular project was and, and you know, how great the negotiation was and so on. So I decided that writing a book that focused on things going wrong was the way to get wider attention and appeal to a wider audience. And hopefully it's a book that people will find interesting and enjoyable, but they might also learn something from it and, and come out thinking they, they know a bit more than when they than when they started. And there are some very juicy stories. I do particularly like the, the sort of fraud and corruption stories, although I shouldn't say that because they're obviously they're very bad things. So, as I say, most organizations spend far more time thinking about sales, marketing, finance than they do worrying about all the money disappearing out of their door. They just don't focus on the buying side of the business. So the most obvious angle in terms of bad buying when we look at what, what, do, I, what do I actually mean when we talk about bad buying, the most obvious thing is companies spending more of their money than they need to. So wasting money, paying too much for what they buy, paying over the odds, if you like, or buying stuff they don't need. Uh, we all do that in our personal lives as well, I should say. And we see that in government as well as the private sector, of course. Uh, and the book has many examples of that. We, we can all think, I'm sure, of uh, major government projects, they tend to be more in the public domain. That's why I, I quote them quite a lot, where the, the money has just been wasted. The money spent on, on defence equipment globally, not just the UK, but US, India, every major country that really has just been, been wasted. Uh, IT projects, the uh, NHS National Programme for IT, going back a few years in the UK, spend 10 billion for arguably very little return. Uh, other programs that, that are perhaps less well known, but the fire control program for new regional uh, fire centers in the UK, which never had the support of any of the key stakeholders, cost the taxpayer hundreds of millions of pounds for, for absolutely nothing in return. So paying too much is, is an obvious part of bad buying. But there's an interesting angle here because actually bad buying can mean not paying enough. So if I go way back in my career again to buy, buying at Mars Confectionery, uh, after buying raw materials, I bought packaging. And one of the most interesting things I bought was packaging for Easter eggs. Now, I could buy a, a box, a carton, to contain a Milky Way Easter egg, and I could probably buy a carton for, I don't know, 10p, let's say. But if I paid 20p, I could get this amazing, clever carton that looked like a space rocket. And the Milky Ways were sitting under this amazing rocket, and it had, had a picture and all the rest of it. And, and actually, because we were prepared to pay 20p rather than 10p, we sold a million Milky Way Easter eggs that year. And a basic carton that cost a bit less, I don't know, we might have sold 100,000 or something. 
So sometimes firms don't actually pay enough and that can be bad buying. There's another case study in the book, um, a US brewing company called Schultz that I vaguely remember from my youth. Uh, I was at one time the second or third biggest brewery in the UK. And um, in the, I think it was 1970s, they started a cost cutting program and they started basically looking for cost savings in the raw materials that went into their beers. And they made one change in the recipe and that didn't seem to matter too much and the customer still bought it and then they made another change and then they made another change. And eventually the changes sort of reinforced each other and there were some technical issues and suddenly they had a national scandal and uh, there were problems with the, the appearance of the beer and it was reported in the national press. They tried to recover that with a, a big marketing program, which was another <laughs> interesting example of bad buying actually. Um, and to cut a long story short, they went from being one of the biggest brewers in the US to being taken over, bought out for, for not a lot of money by one of their biggest rivals. Um, and that was all because of trying to save money through buying in a manner that actually wasn't good for the business. So that can be bad buying as well. Bad buying can also mean not considering the reputational issues. And this is something that's really come to the fore in recent years. And my other big interest now, apart from bad buying, is, is what we call procurement with purpose. So that's part of the whole sustainability agenda, the purposeful business agenda, the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. And that means thinking about these wider issues on environmental uh, concerns, social issues, economic issues like diversity and, and perhaps addressing inequality um, and doing more with your money than just, just buying the, the cheapest stuff to go into your products. So I'd argue, for instance, we've seen bad buying with um, recently, actually, with firms in the UK involved with sweatshops in Leicester, companies making clothing for sale by largely online retailers at low prices, um, but providing terrible working conditions and paying their staff below the legal minimum wage. So it's a criminal activity. Uh, as, as well as just sort of socially not the right thing to do. Or perhaps not knowing that your supplies of palm oil are actually destroying the rainforest and wiping out the orangutans in Indonesia. Companies don't think sometimes about the consequences of what they're buying. And these are all examples of, of bad buying in the wider sense. Uh, and, and there are issues that, that really are just as important as companies not negotiating well and paying over the odds for their, their goods and services. So bad buying covers a whole range of areas. Uh, I'd argue that probably every organisation, every major organisation, has some aspects of bad buying if they looked hard enough at what they're doing. Um, and they're the issues, really, that I wanted to explore uh, in, in my new book.
So I've talked about uh, why I've written this book and a bit about um, what bad buying means. Uh, I'm aware that maybe I haven't given you too many tips or pieces of advice about what you might do in your own organizations. I'll get onto those in more detail in future episodes, but just to leave you with one thought, uh, and this comes through in so many of the case studies in the book, it really does. Um, and that is the power of competition. So many of the problems and issues and, and bad buying examples we see come where, where organizations didn't have sufficient competition uh, in terms of what they were buying. That might be because of cartels and monopolies. It might be because of carelessness in terms of not developing a market and not having a choice of suppliers. Um, it might be just choosing to only talk to one supplier and thinking, oh, well, we've worked with them forever and we know they're a good firm and so on. So why do we need to talk to anybody else? Um, but basically, competition is a really, really powerful lever for getting good value and getting performance from your suppliers. So, so just think about that uh, as, I, as I leave you in this episode. So just to wrap up with a bit of a plug, the book Bad Buying is out very soon. Uh, I also have a bad buying website, which is badbuying.com, not surprisingly, and I'm writing at least one new article a week about uh, all the exciting bad buying things that are happen happening around COVID and, and elsewhere. Um, also, every section in the book has a title that is a song title. Uh, because I love music, basically. So there is a Spotify playlist now. I won't try and give you the uh, URL for that. Um, but I guess somehow if, you, if you're if you in Spotify and you search on bad buying, there's a fair chance you might find it. And um, <laughs> my daughter, who also loves music, uh, sent me a WhatsApp message yesterday saying she'd listened to my bad buying playlist, and it was diverse as she put it in inverted commas. And I'm not quite sure whether that was a compliment or not. Um, but there is a fair bit of classic rock and indie, which is sort of my heartland in musical terms, um, but also some Americana and country, and even a bit of rap and R&B and soul, which all of which I love, a bit of folk. Um, so, so check out the Spotify playlist. Um, and I think that's probably enough for episode one. So thank you very much for listening. I'm delighted if you've got this far. And um, in episode two next week, we'll get into some of the sort of underlying causes that, that generate bad buying in organizations. So thank you again for listening. I'm Peter Smith, and I hope to speak to you again soon. Thank you.